Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. How did you sleep, my little lamb? Don't bother struggling. Those chains are quite secure. Why did we use chains? I put them on you while you slept. That's weird, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, I suppose it is quite weird. And don't try to even cut yourself loose because they're quite thick. And I need your help with this contraption in front of you. What do you, well, how can I help? Well, you clearly see what I've placed in front of you. Is this a, is this a laptop? Yes, I would like <laughs> to play a game. <laughs> Okay, what are we doing? We're doing duos in Call of Duty Warframe. No one plays with me anymore. I'm so bad at duos. Well, I don't care. <laughs> Either you play duos or I leave you in that basement for the rest of your life. Fine, okay, where are we dropping? Oh, we're dropping at the prison. Oh, okay. Prison right. is the best drop. Sure, I don't know any other maps. I haven't played Warzone in months oh shoot hold on wi-fi is not working <laughs> yeah i'm gonna need to work on this and try to fix it i've got another guy in another room who controls the wi-fi i have him cut off his finger and uses that nub to kind of press the reset button so i want to work with him on you, that you can use a pen mm. <laughs> pretty sure you need a guy's nubbed finger for that Okay, um, just let me know when I'll, I'll just chill in the lobby. All right, don't go anywhere. I can't. <laughs> Is there any, anything to do? Did, did that weird person leave me any podcasts or books or anything? Well, guess I'll, uh, start a podcast on my phone. Huh, okay. Play. Hello and welcome to Six Degrees of Sobrature. And I'm Alan. <laughs> I am Matt. And we're here on this beautiful Monday. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Who um, <laughs> know. So we want to address the controversy surrounding our last episode. <laughs> It did not come out on a Monday as we had previously advertised, not the episode before. <laughs> yeah. Mostly just because of some weird technical things that we're getting to the bottom of. Mm -hmm. But rest assured, we're going to try to be consistently on Mondays if we can. Life's chaos. We don't know. Time doesn't exist. That's true. How are you doing, Matt? How are you doing this week? Good? It's been a long week. The weather is all over the place. I, at the time we're recording this, it's like 50. So good. It's wonderful. I just walked Jake around the block without a coat on. And I'm like, oh, oh. This is a New England summer right now. This is what this is. I think I saw someone say, you know you're from New England when there's cold 34 and warm 34. <laughs> <laughs> like that is <laughs> spot on. But yeah, no, it's it's been a very, very good week. It feels long even. I feel like it should be Saturday. Maybe it's just me wishful thinking. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good. At the time of this recording, we just wrapped up our final session of D&D. 
Oh, is this the one that's been like two years? Like two years we've been in the making. Uh, yeah. And so we finally wrapped it up. We have one more session to do all the post campaign stuff. So we talk about, you know, where are they now? And and I reveal all the secrets. And this is your like epilogue, like. Yeah, basically. This is your Avengers Endgame. Everything's been building in like night fight Thanos. No, so this last session was the fight with Thanos. Okay. This is like the fan fiction that talks about Cap growing old and everything. Oh, <laughs> no, I don't think I will. And then everyone like <laughs> ran just like. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it's going to be a lot of, and I think I settle down and I build a family here. And like, yeah, oh. I, I visit these people from the beginning. And oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's, it's a nice way to wrap it that's up. That's nice. <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this. I just, it's, it's the like, it's the thing after a biopic during the credits, they say this person went to jail for 30 years. She remarried. Like, it's like all that, just like little, like, here's what happened after the movie actually ended. So in my head, it's like the movie ends at beating Thanos. And then it's just like the wizard settled down and married his high school sweetheart. <laughs> exactly. The only example I have of it is Animal House. They're like, these people graduated college. And yeah. It's very, very much that. Hey, Matt, are you cool? I think so. Okay. Have you watched Lord of the Rings? No. Wow, you just got freaking <laughs> put on blast. Like you <laughs> lied and was proven in your lie all within the course of like 15 seconds. Okay, okay. Simmer <laughs> down. I have seen one with no context. I have seen a Lord of the Ring. Right. I have seen <laughs> Battle of Five Armies and I had no idea. That's not a Lord of the Rings movie. It's it's a Hobbit. It's, it's a like, it's a Hobbit movie, which is not the same thing. There are Mm -mm. I'm sure I'm sure every single Tolkien person is having a goddamn conniption right now. <laughs> this is how bothered I am. For those of you listening, he doesn't look very bothered. I'm not. <laughs> The reason I wanted to bring it up was because I want to talk to you about Gandalf's fashion reveal. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew what this was, and clearly you don't if you only saw five armies. Is this when he goes from like Gandalf the Grey to Gandalf the White? This is exactly what this is, yeah. Okay, so I'm not like unaware of what it is, like I know what happens. I just never sat down and watched them like, or read them from like beginning to end. Okay. So what Matt has just proven for everybody is that just because we have a podcast, you can't assume we're perfect people. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene in the second Lord of the Rings movie where, for reasons, Gandalf the wizard comes back to life and he's confronting the king of Rohan. King's mind is all corrupted with evil and Gandalf used to be Gandalf the Grey, but when he got reincarnated, he's all of a sudden a white wizard, which means he's, I guess, more powerful. Yeah. He just has different clothes. When he arrives to see the king, he's wearing a big cloak around his white clothes and it looks like his magic isn't working. And then he like takes off his cloak and his white robes like shine and the corrupt king is like, and he like recoils. I'm going to play the scene for you. You have no power here, Gandalf the Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I will draw you, Saruman, as poison is drawn from a wound. <laughs> oh, work, bitch. It, oh, work. <laughs> I want people to recoil like the King of Rohan when I show up. When I'm there in my outfit, I want people like... <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, that's so fierce. Mm-hmm, it oh is. my god. <laughs> oh my god. I know I'm gonna be super gay about this, but he's just like, well, like what? What do you? And just like yeah, he just takes off his outer cloak, and the guy's like, oh. <laughs> Gandalf started voguing. He's just like, <laughs> it's very like if you ever seen like like a drag queen or like someone like doing ballroom like do a, a reveal it's very like <laughs> like big flowy cloak. and it's like oh or yes i have no idea the context of what happens before or after i was like oh wow oh it's really well done that's a power move mm -hmm. so when you say you want people to recoil in a good way i don't know i feel like you could meme that scene really well if you just put any of the drag queens that you feel like did a really awesome job oh my you have you have no power here <laughs> yeah, and then you just have their face on it. it's just violet tchotchkes pulling <laughs> like pulling the belt and going from the black jumpsuit to the tartan jumpsuit and then it cuts to the king and he's like <laughs> hold on let me see if i can find that violet tchotchke looking smart oh, and oh, tartan get a reveal yeah. oh. oh god oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh right. i'm giving you tartan eleganza like, that is freaking awesome. Sorry, I had to. Yeah, that's my like gateway in, I guess. That's all I really had to, to say about it. I, it's just, just the reveal. It's short and sweet. And like, I think about it a lot. I think about Gandalf taking off his cloak and just the power of his presence. It's a big billowy thing too. It like take up space. So speaking of things that have grace and power and magic, we'll say magic. Yeah. Beavers. Yes. No, no way. I can do better than beavers. <laughs> Unicorns. Yeah, they'll they'll cover that. Not what I'm going to talk about, but they fought the description. I wanted to point out how much I love Lush. Oh, okay. Because I went there fairly recently because my hands have been super dry because it's cold and they have hand cream. They have really good hand cream. And I've never been to a location of their stores that I've been disappointed in because they always see what I need before I do. And this is mostly just coming down to the employees. For me, the closest location is on Newbury Street. So if I'm walking on Newbury Street, they will like see me through the window <laughs> and like, can you come here? Yeah. And like, are you okay? <laughs> they like clock you as soon as <laughs> it's like, it's been a hard week. And then like, come on, come <laughs> this massage bar will help walking in. They're just saying, what am I, what am I looking for? What am I here for? All of that. They've just been so, so, so helpful every single time. I just want to appreciate how friendly and just like what a safe space that is for everyone. Right. Because I think for a lot of people it's like cosmetics are a feminine thing, but I think for that space, they make it so that me as a, as a, <laughs> what am I? Right, I'm, trying, I'm trying to think of a way to say it. I'm trying to think of like a, an inclusive way to say this. As a cisgendered masculine man, I feel okay going there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus anyone who is anywhere on the gender spectrum or gender identity, they go in there and they're like totally fine, that there's something for them. Hmm. Um, and I just, I enjoy the, that space. I know Jenny really likes Lush and I know you do too. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I always got the impression that there wasn't stuff there for me. Oh, that's a hundred percent stuff for you. I used to go there just for like my facial stuff. So like my cleansers, my, you know, moisturizers, anything like that. They do have some male specific stuff. Like they have a beard wash. Oh, I was going to ask if they had any beard stuff. Yeah. They have a good number of beard stuff. Um, good number of beard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's the shirt. When we get sponsored by Lush. <laughs> good number of beard stuff. <laughs> 
They have shaving cream too. They have the best shaving cream I've used. It doesn't lather. It doesn't do the whole like sudsy thing. But like whenever I touch my neck, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really, that's nice. Like, that's good. <laughs> like, because you do the like check and you're like, did I miss anything? Did I miss any like, weird streaks? And you're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I'm going to turn my light on because I realize I look kind of spooky. You do, yeah. So I'm going to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt's gone. Let me tell you a little story about a friend I like to call Jim Jigabobo. Oh, and we'll get back to that later. Hey, Matt. Hi. Every, that's going to be a thing every week, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I'm going to have to get better at improv because <laughs> I only got to the beginning of the story. I didn't even tell anybody about the great journey of, of that man. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll make sense later. Probably not. <laughs> So in our current environment, world, whatever you want to make it, society, it's really hard to make ethical choices. You mean it, when it comes to like purchasing your products? Yeah. If you buy like eggs at Walmart versus Target, like that's a choice, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, well, these eggs were raised in a thing and these were not, these were cage free or anything like, you know, this shirt was made in Bangladesh, which is, you know, sweatshops or, you know, this hand stitched garment from a woman in Arlington who makes butterflies part-time that kind of thing so i always like lush because they're always super ethical like hi all of our stuff is responsibly sourced all of our stuff is clean or vegan vegetarian no animal testing we keep our environmental waste down as much as we can like the little black pots are 100 percent recycled plastic oh okay this is my hand cream it's called helping hands oh i get it yeah and it's really nice and uses almond oil oh <laughs> but I'm sure if you said hi, I have a tree analogy, like, oh, here's 15 other options. Are you sure when I walk in, they don't just like shove a almond bath bomb into my mouth? Like, it's here, like, take this sample. And it's like, oh, I'm a launder. Oh. Like, good. <laughs> <laughs> they clocked me as soon as I walked in. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about what a nice space that is and get yourself some hand cream because it's dry out there. Especially with all the sanitizing we have to do nowadays. Like I've been moisturizing my hands more than ever. It might, it may be a good investment. If you are a man and you don't moisturize, you are missing out on a very important aspect of your life. Exactly. And depending on whoever you are attracted to, want to be with, anything like that, they will appreciate if you moisturize. You don't need to do anything fancy when you get out of the shower in the morning before you go to bed. And I buy like just an aloe. I don't even go crazy. It's, it's like, yep, 100% aloe. And I just rub that in. Shows you take care of yourself. Shows you care about how you look. And it, it helps fight acne, dead skin, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Come on, people. Get it together. <laughs> Have you in your life ever called me Al? No. Yeah, right? No, I haven't. I don't want to. <laughs> that's that's weird good i don't want you to there are only two people in my life that have ever called me al or, or two kinds of people one's my dad I, okay that's acceptable yeah my dad says it in a very neutral way where it sounds no different than my name right i, I mean like your dad kind of controls you i mean <laughs> he he kind of has that prerogative he he picked the name so <laughs> right it's like hi i had a hand in your existence <laughs> I'll call you whatever I want. Basically. Boy. (laughs) (laughs) The other kind of person I've been called Al by are people who don't really know me and are trying to become friendly by giving me some kind of nickname. Yeah. There's probably only been like four, but there have been four people in my life that have gone, hey, does anyone call you Al? Or they'd be like, hey, Big Al. And I'm like, never do that again. Oh, I think we both got embarrassed there. (laughs) And it feels wrong. It doesn't sit you. Mm Mm-mm. It doesn't sit me. 
Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> I, it doesn't I sit I, me with all the beard <laughs> things. <laughs> I think I fused sit well and fit you. I think that's what happened. Okay, I get that. Knowing you as a person, it doesn't fit your demeanor like at mm. all. One of my friends, Christopher, I specifically asked him, do you want Chris or Christopher? And he said, Christopher, because uh, he is not a Chris at all. I don't know if that means anything to anyone, but if you've ever met a Christopher, it's a specific personality. I think getting the nickname is always a step in developing a friendship or a relationship because like it's weirdly personal. Yeah, I get that. So this is how it feels to me when people call me Al. It feels like they're saying bud mm. they're like hey bud this kind of demeaning like i'm a little mm -hmm. kid it's like if somebody were to look at you and be like maddie how you doing like, oh oh call me that's that's a <laughs> cursed name <laughs> well it's like like when we worked at camp yeah we would call every single camper bud, bud. every single one. <laughs> doesn't matter if you were first year or 17 does that matter you are bud <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like what do you call them you don't say like, hey, scout. That's, yeah, that feels like a hokey. Yeah. And you can't be like, hey, dude. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Bud is really the only thing left that's like a little affectionate, but it also makes it clear to them that you're in charge. Yeah. That's the one place I'll use Bud. I think my dad called me Bud once and I was like, what the hell? It feels weird. Yeah. You do kind of like just read the room. Breaking news, though. In recent developments, I have discovered a third kind of person, a person that can call me out and I am fine with it. Okay. This specific kind of person, when they call me Al, it makes me very, very happy because it, it shows this weird sense of trust and respect that they have in me. And this kind of person is the old man. Ye yeah. When an old man looks at me and he goes, thanks, Al, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm this guy's go-to mechanic. You know, like... <laughs> I've kept this car running for the last 50 years. I've seen children birth in this car. <laughs> yeah. I have kept this thing on the road since the, <laughs> since he came back from the war. <laughs> I'm, I'm Al the contractor. I'm Al the plumber. <laughs> I'm the wise neighbor whom he goes to for sage advice about his marriage. Oh my God. We've been through hell and back, Al and I. That's so weirdly specific. Yeah. Like when an old man says, I know a guy who can fix that. I'm that guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so cool. So one of the guys said that to me, I was like, Oh, have a, have a good visit. And he goes, thanks for your help, Al. And he's like, like all right, that's okay. Yeah. I was like, that's like, pretty cool. <laughs> there are certain old people that like, when they get on that basis with you, it's like, Oh, we're friends. Like, Oh, we're cool. Like exactly. My grandfather's name was Sydney. So it, it wasn't really like a thanks Sid name. And like Matt isn't necessarily like a, you can, you can say Matthew, but like, thanks Matt. I mean, I don't know. It feels weird. But when you shorten it to Al, that's like a, it has like weight to it. Like it's a crown. <laughs> it makes me feel really good inside and <laughs> it opened up my mind to all of these different kinds of possibilities like these different futures because I've never considered myself like a manly man but all of a sudden all these old men are like thanks Al and I'm like huh maybe I could fix a window. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm the guy who's like don't call the plumber I got it. It made me want to become a man worthy of an old man's Al. <laughs> Live your life worthy of an old man's out. That's that's my advice for this week. <laughs>
Speaking of things that are worthy of an old man's owl, I received the gifts a little while ago. And after about two months of using it, I'm not growing to appreciate, but like appreciate gifts that are not just one off things like investments, you know? Okay, wait, I don't know. Take me into it. Carry me. I think there are gifts that you get that are like in the moment are very nice and like cool. Oh, awesome. Thank you. You got this for me. Versus gifts that appreciate in value in one form or another. Oh, okay. Our mutual friend, uh, Devin, his holiday gift for me was a Miyabi chef's knife. Oh, all right. I have a chef's knife. I got one for like 20 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> it's serviceable. It does. It, it cuts things and that's what I needed to do. However, he got me this knife, which is a, a very good knife. After about two months, I'm just like, this is still sharp. It cuts things like there's just nothing there. It's like the feeling of taking scissors and going through wrapping paper. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah. That, but with like a potato or like if I'm butterflying a chicken. Fly away, chicken. <laughs> I don't know what butterfly is. Throw it at a wall. Um, <laughs> it's when you like cut it in half, like almost like a almost like a book. Right, and then when it opens up, it has like the butterfly wings. Exactly. But so I, I think there's just something nice about using proper tools. Yeah. So when you said it made you value gifts that appreciate in value, so like the knife isn't getting more valuable. But what you're saying is as opposed to a like tub of hand cream where you would use it and it would be gone, this is like something that will persist. I feel like this is something that will be used for much longer than a thing of hand cream. And I will get much more use out of this than a thing of hand cream or a pop, you know, or a pop figure. Not to say that those gifts aren't appreciated. I love those gifts and I love everything <laughs> I've received because the person got me a thing. You're saying that and I'm sitting here like, I'm pretty sure I've gotten him like five pop figures. <laughs> and those gifts are great. My mom got me, uh, so just for no reason, got me a Ruth Bader Ginsburg pop figure. That's really great. For no reason. I'm like, I don't know why. She just did. Uh, <laughs> and I appreciate that because she thought of me. I get more use out of that. And it serves a different purpose. And Ruth serves a different purpose. And I just appreciate things that, that have a longevity to it. I think that comes with age too, because the, the older you are, the more gifts you've gotten. Like we've gone through a lot in our lives and I know I've parsed down a lot of the things I have. And I'm at the point in my life that if somebody gives me something like a pop figure or something that I didn't ask for, it feels a little bit like a negative gift because I'm like, you just gave me something I now have to find a place for <laughs> and put it somewhere. Yeah. And also just like what the gift is. Like there's always the joke about like the passive aggressive gift. Oh, I got you soap. Because <laughs> you're dirty. <laughs> so we've been growing. We've becoming different people. We're learning how to build these environments in different ways. A lot of that for me, that growth has come from moving multiple times. I have a firm stance that moving is one of my favorite activities. Jenny absolutely hates moving because for her, it's uprooting this comfort she has. But for me, it's this potential for change that's very exciting. So we've we've moved a ton. And there's a Netflix show called Tidying Up with Marie Kondo. <laughs> we've mentioned her method and how it's all about tidying up in a very organized way. And it's there's a lot of deep meaning into it, which is really cool. But there's one thing she does in the show that I have internalized and I do every time I leave a home, which is very cool. So anytime she's showing up to help these suburban white folk with their problems, you're like muted for that. Last. I know because I drank, I drank water. I didn't want to have like the weird gulp. I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to have the gulp. 
<laughs> in the thing in case anyone's like weirded out by that so when she comes in to help these people she always greets the home when she gets there she finds like the central spot and she sits down she's quiet she bows and she just takes in the energy of the home so what i've started doing every time we move out is when everything is out of the home I lay down in the bedroom and I just kind of stare at the ceiling and I go over in my head all of the different memories from this place, thanking the space for providing me shelter, for being the conduit through which I existed through all those good memories. You know, mm -hmm. I did it in Derry. I did it in Nashua. I'm can't wait to do it in this place we're in now because I don't like it, but I still appreciate the building <laughs> for sheltering me. <laughs> you, you have to, yeah. even if even if you hate where you live, you have to be thankful for what it is and, and what you have. And there are some people that have a lot less than me. And so I need to be thankful to this space because I, I mean, we we planned our wedding in this space and, you know, yeah. we didn't do much else. <laughs> oh, we were quarantined in this space. Hey, you, you survived the pandemic in that space. That's true. Yeah, I think there's absolutely something to that. And I think that's a very Eastern thing, too, not to be like, oh, it's so Asian or, oh, it's <laughs> it's it's exotic, like kind of thing. that is a very, very Eastern philosophical thing of to like not necessarily concern yourself with what's next, but like what's happening now. Mm -hmm. Like what is happening in this space and what is the energy around this space? Thanking the room to a lot of people may seem like weird, but it's actually, I think, very, very beautiful to do that. I mean, when you think about it, you go back to your childhood home and there's like a feeling deep in your chest. Ah, like this is where I came from, you know. And in a weird way, I feel like the home does become personified at that point. This home protected you and cared for you and it was there as you grew up. And so there's this connection there with the spirit or the essence or whatever you want to call it. It's more than a building at that point. I think we watched a couple of episodes of that show. It's this idea that things and spaces have identity and have power. So like, yes, it is a book or yes, it is, you know, a shirt or a bed, but like that thing is an enchanted object and has wait. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is a copy of whatever book, but like who gave you the book? How did you get it? What does it mean to you? What's the story? Like all that? Yes, it's a shirt, but like who wore the shirt? When did they wear the shirt? All of these things have value. So like having a room that is loaded with memories and stuff is an enchanted place. Mm -hmm. And when you go into a new space, I can understand as someone who is not a fan of moving, why you get excited because it is this like, oh no, we can do more things here. Right. There's possibility here. I'm one of those people that at least once a year, I would rearrange the furniture in my bedroom. I know. I remember this. <laughs> I'd be like, maybe we can do this better. Maybe it'll feel nicer over here. Change leads to progress, not consistently, but we've talked about scatterplot progress in past episodes. If you remain consistent, you might just plateau. And if you're fine, then you're fine, I guess. But for me, it's all about progress. So that constant changing just opens the door so much wider for progress to come through. I mean, that's kind of the whole idea is like your space and the way it is arranged to best suit you. It's incredibly like healing and like energizing just the way it makes you feel. It makes you operate. You just like feel better and like want to progress and want to change and want to do better. Oh, wow. I didn't know, you know, changing the angle of my bed would change the energy of a space so drastically. Another thing I like about that show is I feel like it's really good for Western hoarder people because the whole methodology is these things are important. And when we get rid of them, we thank them for what they've done. Mm -hmm. 
and then we we say goodbye. It's less of come on, Linda, throw away those sheets. You've had them for 20 years. It's more like, Linda, these sheets mean a lot to you. Thank them and say goodbye. It's very gentle. Yeah, it is gentle. It's not like, let's get all these newspapers out of here. Let's get all <laughs> those sheets. We're going forward. It's very like, no, these were important to you for one reason or another. Thank the sheets, Linda. And then she says, thank you. And then you're like, at peace. And another part of it is there's no questioning what they choose to keep and what they choose to get rid of. So if that shirt they want to hold on to, because it, you know, the memorable quote is always, it sparks joy. If that sparks joy for you, then you hold on to it and your spouse, your family, like no one can be like, all right, come on, you've never even worn that. Like, no, if that's what they say, then that's what they're keeping. And by giving them that kind of leeway, you build an environment that is much less hostile and it provides promotes them to make those changes and actually start getting rid of things. And it's one of those things that once you find kind of what joy is, that sounds weird. But no, like, but I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Like once you find what that feeling is, you're like, oh, this is how it should feel all the time. Oh, okay. And it almost becomes addicting. Yeah. Once you realize the difference between having something spark joy and thinking something's cool, it's groundbreaking. Oh, I'm kind of mad. Uh, yeah. Ooh, mm, that's wow. That's a lot. I mean, well, even now I fall into it where I bought a shirt because I was like, oh, I'll wear this. And then I got home with it and I tried it on and I was like, I think I only thought this was cool. And did you return it? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna hold on to this. It, there's no point for me to have something in my possession that doesn't spark that joy. Yeah. It's just taking up space and it's something that somebody else could benefit from. Wow. Yeah, right? I mean, when I was a kid, I would be like, no, it's mine. I like it. <laughs> also in America or the Western world, we have this idea of the sunken cost fallacy. Oh, true. Yeah. So that, I think it's always a fear of, no, I paid money for it. I have to like it. I know I brought up books like six times, but like, <laughs> that's a big thing with books. Like I bought a book and you no, know, it was halfway through, but hated the entire time. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have to like it. I paid $15.95, but you know, hey, dump that book. I ran into that quite a bit with electronic. Like I had all these different game systems and, and old things. I was like, I remember saving up $60 so I could afford this when I was a kid i can't just get rid of it it's like well when was the last time you played it it means a lot to you it had those memories they were good memories thank it and say goodbye what's the phrase thank you for your service yeah and that's all that's always the one i've, I've heard her use is thank you for your service yeah because i mean that's what it did yeah it provided a service to you it's a lot like woody in toy story very much woody in toy story very much uh woody's four movie arc <laughs> These are going to be some slight spoilers or major spoilers for Toy Story 3. And if you haven't seen it, I'm sorry. Please watch Toy Story 3. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, get, get to it already. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast if you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> because you could be spending your time doing a better thing. Six episodes from now, you're going to kick yourself for not watching. <laughs> Andy has these toys and he's contemplating whether to bring them to college. We've seen throughout the entire movie, he doesn't play with them. He forgets they're there. The toys have to go out of their way to have Andy come play with them or even acknowledge them. And Andy has to decide, am I going to bring this to college because it means a lot to me? Or am I going to thank it and say goodbye and give it to somebody else who can then benefit from it? And that's literally what he does. One of the last words he says when he drives off is he says goodbye, Woody, when he leaves the toys. Yeah, God, it's a good arc. It is. I'm of the opinionative side that I think the canon ends with three. Yeah, I like I like four. Four is fine. But three, three, man. <laughs> 
I don't think I'm mature enough to watch four. There were really complex themes in what Woody was going through and the decision he made that when I first watched it, I couldn't understand mentally why he made that choice. It's very existential. It's very existential. <laughs> I mean, he's existed for God knows how many years. Woody's a god. <laughs> <laughs> Woody was there at the beginning. He will be at the end. I am the alpha and the omega. <laughs> and there's a snake in my boots. <laughs> So speaking of energy and in a different way, expounding that energy, I want to talk about Zoomies. Oh, okay. Okay. As you were describing it, my mind went in a very sexual <laughs> like mindscape and I don't know why. And so I didn't want to say anything until you said what it was. And then you said Zoomies and my mind was still in that sexual landscape. And I was like, I've never done that before. <laughs> is, that is, that a, is that a gay thing? <laughs> But I, I know you go, go ahead because I know yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah. So I have a small dog. He's like 18 pounds at this point. And he's an older dog. He's like nine going on 10. He's pretty low maintenance. Most of the time he sleeps in various spots around the apartment. Yeah, he's pretty chill. But every once in a while, like most dog owners would know, he gets the zoomies, <laughs> which is when I don't know, but I have to like run back and forth. <laughs> right now <laughs> and if i don't i don't know what i'm gonna do and so recently i was i stood up to take jake on his last walk of the night got my shoes put my shoes on and when i like took a step it was just like defcon 4. <laughs> he decided i need that rope toy and i need to run back and forth <laughs> now and that's what he did. He ran back and forth and a couple times he did not have traction and slipped and face planted into the floor, <laughs> stood back up and continued. This happened multiple times until I like picked up the leash into which he like stopped and froze. And Alan seen my dog and just kind of does that stare. His dog is slightly cross-eyed in the opposite direction. His eyes go outward just a little mm -hmm. bit on either mm -hmm. side. So when he's looking at you, it's like, <laughs> it's not right. directly at you. Right, so I picked up the leash off the little hook on the wall and he just like <laughs> stared. I just appreciate this so much because I want to appreciate that dogs have personality and I love when dogs express personality. I just think all of their little weird habits, like getting the zoomies, like whatever it is they do, is just really, really wonderful. Yeah. It's like when a dog, they take a ball and they put it on your like lap or whatever, and then they nudge it with their nose a little. And you're like, yeah. that's an added touch of personality. <laughs> like that, like there's a thing in there. Like you're not just an animal. Right. And an something else in my space. Okay. So I regularly talk about one of Jake's habits, which is when he's at my parents' house or if he's staying there, four o'clock is dinner time and he will eat at four. Ever since he has moved out, for whatever reason, when I feed him at four, like he has at my parents, he walks over, looks in the bowl, and then <laughs> walks away. Almost like a drug deal. <laughs> Almost like I'm exchanging a briefcase. And he's just checking it over. We're like full of cocaine, and he gave me a suitcase full of money. And he's just like... All right, it's all here. All right, this is five kilos of kibble. Right, and then like walks away. It's like, it's very that energy. 
he's a weird dog because I very rarely would ever see him eat. And so when we were all living together, we didn't know if someone had fed him or not, because sometimes you would you would be like, all right, we, we just got home and the bowl's empty. Is it empty because he just ate it? Or like, has it been empty? And it's weird because you would fill it up and then you wouldn't see him eat for like the rest of the night. Like I would never see him eat and then the bowl would just be empty. Yeah, he's very weird. He has self-control. Like I know most some dogs when they get food are like destroy it so much so that they have like special bowls that you can get to make them slow down. It's weird. Jake has like very weird self-control things. So one of the one of the things I do is I give him a treat of some kind after each of his walks. He's like a dental treat or like a milk bone or something. I think like too big. But if he's like energized and excited, he'll like almost take my hand off <laughs> and then run away. Or I have a video I can we can post in the Facebook or something of kind of what I'm talking about. But I've since trained him to do gentle. So if I take the treat and give him the treat and say gentle, he just does like a light nibble. <laughs> he just opens his mouth. Yeah. Very like King. And then we'll like <laughs> run away. Like, yeah, yeah. And then book it. Yeah. I, I, I have a video I can provide. Perfect. Check out that video. And now that you're back, this dog, <laughs> I don't know if he likes having treats or if he likes eating treats because he will do what Matt says. He'll take the treat and run off. And when we were all living together, he would hide them. Oh my in stuff. And there was one time, hey Han, can you tell us the story about when about Jake and the treat and your shoe? I mean, there wasn't much of a story. I just went to put on my slipper and there was a, a bone in it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. It's a good story. Yeah. All right, thanks. Are you glad you called me in? I am. <laughs> you tell it way better than I do. Oh, like that's it though, is he, he has weird habits and like he likes to make piles. He does. Yeah. He loves to pile them up. I think Jenny also told me another story about, she got him these three little mini donuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and apparently at one point he like lined them up. <laughs> that Oh my gosh. Yeah. He did intimidation tactics with them or like he lined them up and he was just waiting and like looking at each of them. And then suddenly he would spring on one of them. And like, right. It's just like, okay. <laughs> You're right. There's so much personality there. And I, yeah, I just want to appreciate that. And I'm sure if anyone listening to this has a dog, they're like hugging their dog right now. Because for whatever reason, whenever I see dog content, I'm like, come here, come, <laughs> come, come to me. I need to touch you. My sister and my brother-in-law just got a dog that's apparently super, super cute. And I can't wait to meet him. That's another thing is when you get to meet another dog, you're like, oh, my God, this is so good. I've always seen the comics of like everyone else at a party and it's them like standing with like a solo cup. Mm -hmm. And it's like me at a party and it's like them curled in the ground, <laughs> like talking to the dog, like, hi, how are you? Are you okay? What's your name? Right. What's, right. Exactly. Like talking to the dog. I love the good boy memes are so funny. Mm-hmm. I've done the math, Karen. I am, in fact, the good boy. He's in like a science outfit. <laughs> My favorite is dog memes that recognize they're a dog. So like that same thing where they're like in a lab coat, safety glasses, them sitting like a chemistry table. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm underqualified for this and a dog. Exactly. I love those. I like the idea of giving things personality in general, because I feel like it's just an easier way to understand them. I think that's why we personify anything, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we literally, as a civilization, personified natural disasters to where like gods who are very akin to us were creating these things. And that was like a way for us to understand and relate to what was happening. And so when I see a spider, there are some times when I'm like, be cool. 
we're cool. You and me are cool. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to move you outside. Just don't freak out. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, it's a spider. It's like, there's no personality there. <laughs> right. There's not, there's no consciousness in this at all. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point is that of the way we ascribe meaning or value to a living thing or to like something natural. Like there's a great book I read in high school called House on Mango Street about these kids growing up on Mango Street. And there's a whole chapter about like naming clouds and the cloud isn't real until you give it a name, which is kind of true. Because it's a cloud, but like if you na- if you recognize a cloud as a shape, if you call it a cloud fill, that cloud is a thing to us. Yeah, I mean, if you look at a crowd of chickens, they're just animals. But as soon as you name one of the chickens, it's like you've promoted it to a living being. Yeah, it's a lot to think about the fact that like once something has a name or is recognized it's more like how we name cars we name cars we name boats we name hurricanes that's kind of weird we do name hurricanes yeah human beings are cute it's interesting we we want things to relate to us in that way so that they can work with us i remember that time i had to edit one of the episodes for like 23 hours because my (laughs) computer kept crashing yeah I was touching the screen when the like program would be loading up and I'd be like, come on, do this for me, please. I know it's not really doing anything, but in the back of my head, there's a small part of me that's like, this is doing something. Yeah. Oh, uh uh-huh. (laughs) Uh-huh. It's the equivalent of blowing on your cartridge. Yeah, exactly. For like the N64 or like Game Boy or whatever. Which turned out to actually do damage. Right, exactly. I mean, just like, (laughs) but no, that that works. That works. (laughs) I want to talk about how we went from dogs have personalities to human beings created God so they could relate to weather. Human beings are fun. Yeah, we're a weird bunch. Thought trains are fun. I want to take this moment to shout out for my boy, my friend, my my love to my ears. No, that, no that's weird. Yeah, go back. I'm going to probably cut that out. Yeah. Lakey inspired for the use of our theme song, The Process. You can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, mm-hmm. yep. Anchor Podcasts, mm-hmm. not Apple. <sighs> yeah, so we're on all those platforms, not Apple yet. Yeah, make sure to check us out on Facebook. Leave us a message, leave us a review of some kind, or uh, follow us on Instagram. Slide into the DMs. Honestly, feedback's super cool because what you guys are witnessing, those that listen, is the beginning of an empire. <laughs> And you can literally shape it at the base. So if there's stuff you think that we should be doing, if you think we should be taking more suggestions from other people about degrees that they want to celebrate, or if you think we should be posting questionnaires on our stories or or like any dumb thing, literally the options are so vast and wide right now that Matt and I are overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. all the things we could do. And just wait till we get our like seven different spinoff podcasts like the McElroy's. Yeah. I mean, we have one already in the works. Yeah. I'm excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to, do you want to drop like a hint of it or do you? Um, the opposite of this, but still good. (laughs) Alan, uh, thank you for potting with me. Of course. I will pod with you. Rain, snow, sleet or hail. What's the mailman thing? I'll pod with you even if I was a mailman. That's what I was trying to say. (laughs) Matt, thanks for being here, buddy. Thank you for joining me. Friend, not buddy. (laughs) Thanks for being here, Matt. Hey, hey, bud. (laughs) As you like crouch down, put your hands on your thighs. Like, hey, bud. (laughs) I love you very much. I love you too. I will see you next week. I'll see you next week. Play us out. 
I'm coming back down there. Did you fix the Wi-Fi? I did, but I'm no longer in the mood to play Warframe. Instead, I want you to teach me how to play League of Legends. No. I like this kitty cat girl. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> that got me so good for some reason. <laughs>